Okay, here we go. Uh, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. By this know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his Spirit. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we do thank you for the reading of the Scriptures, and pray, Lord, that you would bless it to our hearts as we consider the love of God, and how that God is truly known by this characteristic and attribute that he does love us, and so all of his actions are based upon his great love for us. And we praise you, Father, for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, as we look at this passage this afternoon, we find that, again, um, it is a wonderful theme that is being spoken of here, the love of God, and that God's eternal nature is one of love. Perhaps, you know, uh, people have, uh, for a very long time, uh, given God more of a, a bad character by saying it's anger or it's judgment or it's some of the other things that we sometimes view in the Old Testament. But we find that through the um, inspiration of the Word of God, and not only John speaks of this, but of course uh, it is elsewhere in the Scripture, that the love of God is truly the motivating characteristic of God, and that it is the part of the eternal character of God, that he loves us. And um, the, uh, the whole thing, um, theologically, is a, uh, something to base upon our belief system on and to realize that um, though there are other aspects of the character of God being mentioned in the scripture, this one is the most prominent and the one which seems to determine all others. And so the eternal nature of God is being spoken of here. Three uh, areas of emphasis here this afternoon. First of all, the eternal character of God is love that we see in verses 7 and 8 here and how that uh, the love of God is demonstrated to us. Not that we love God, but that he loved us. And we find that because of that... Uh, we need to appreciate what the true nature of the love of God is all about. 
Secondly, the eternal character of God was shown in sending Jesus into the world. And I think perhaps, you know, this one becomes the most obvious aspect of the manifest nature and character of God, that God did send his only begotten Son into the world. And that uh, in sending Jesus into the world, he sent him for one purpose, that he might demonstrate uh, the intent and power of his love, uh, that he might redeem fallen humanity. That is, he might make a way through the sacrifice of Christ that truly uh, he could uh, bring many unto salvation. And we may, we may question why God chose this methodology, this particular avenue to send his only begotten son and to demonstrate his love this way. But if you have ever experienced the salvation of God, then as you reflect upon that, I'm sure that you realize that without that love which he has demonstrated toward us, we ourselves would be without hope. And so the love of God is not only the eternal nature of God, but we would be without salvation and without hope of eternal life apart from it. The third area that we want to mention here is the eternal character of God is demonstrated in us as we love one another. Now this, this one here becomes... Um, more of a practical aspect of viewing the love of God. Uh, because we find in the scripture, uh, John speaks about it here and at other places, uh, we find it being mentioned that um, if we love one another, um, then we are fulfilling a very important aspect of our relationship to God. And that uh, we can demonstrate then or manifest the love of God by loving one another. And so we perhaps are challenged in this regard to uh, truly understand what the love of God is and how we might demonstrate it. Because sometimes it is not so easy to love people, yet we, we find that God loved us uh, and uh, he loved us even though we were unloving, even though we were rebellious toward God. He loved us. And so uh, if we are to demonstrate God's love to other people, then we have to come to terms with what it, what it means for God to love us so that we also can love one another. And we can't apply our own idea of love uh, to this situation. We really have to understand the true love of God that we might love in a true um, sacrificial way toward others as God has loved us. And of course that, uh, as I said, is a challenge and one which we are called upon to uh, manifest. So let's look at these three areas this afternoon. First of all, uh, the, we're called to love one another because God is love. Beloved, 
Let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. So John begins by um, calling us to, to love uh, and to realize that the ethical test is love. The ethical test of the believer is love. Now, of course, I suppose that uh, many of the liberal evangelicals and pastors have kind of muddied the waters on what it means to love as God loves because they look at it quite a bit differently than we do as the Bible explains it to us. Um, They typically apply a more humanistic and social aspect to the love of God. Uh, We find that um, as a part of the family of God, and uh, we have noted previously that we are children of God, uh, then we as a family of God are to demonstrate a love toward one another. Now, um, the proof of um, loving one another, of course, is that we are born of God. That's the proof of it. We, in other words, if you're not born of God, you cannot love as God loves. And that's what it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. That is where love comes from. Love is of God. The nature, the eternal nature of God comes from God. And everyone that loveth is born of God. And so this ethical test of love for us as we seek to love one another is that we must be born of God. And if if we are born of God, then we are compelled to love as God loved us. And uh, so we find that the word love is variously used in uh, this particular book, and it is recorded to have been used some 43 times in this uh, letter, if you will. And uh, just in this short section here, uh, verses 17 to 16, um, I believe that it is uh, used 32 times. Some various aspect of the word love, agapeo, is used some 32 times. And so um, it's a... it's really is used over and over again to bring us into the emphasis that God is love, we are to love one another, and we can only demonstrate the love of God if we are born of God. If we are born of God. And so this uh, his essential nature in all of his actions is that God is love. And so we find that uh, it is similarly uh, affirmed that God is spirit. And we see in John 4.24 that it says, God is a spirit 
and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Now I suppose as there has been many theologians who have wrestled over this whole concept of being God that is a spirit. And, you know, we, when we go back into the Old Testament, we find Moses talking to God. And um, even Joshua had an encounter uh, with the angel of the Lord. And we find different people. Well, Elijah, um, very much uh, in tune with God and, uh, communic and communication with God. And uh, so we find that these people, as they, as they communicated with God, God revealed himself in different ways. And uh, the scripture records of him, though, that he is a spirit. He is a spirit. And uh, I'm sure as you've been listening to Pastor Bo and the Revelation messages, he's been talking about the spirit of the of the Lord's the sevenfold spirit and <clears throat> we recognize that God's spirit is given to us in measure in measure now I suppose if we all had the sevenfold spirit of God in us uh, in its fullness and complete complete fullness well we would be quite differently than we are now quite different but um, yet it is true that even though the Spirit of God is given to us in measure, uh, we find that it is still um, very much the eternal character of God and life of God in us and that God means for us to demonstrate it. So... John begins here by saying, Beloved, let us love one another. Let us love one another. In other words, you know, John's words to us are not strictly so high and theological that he doesn't talk to us on a human plane. We are called upon to love one another. And, uh, you know, you, I'm sure you don't sit down and think about all the theological ramifications when you try to show an act of love and kindness to other people. You just go ahead and do it, you see. You just go ahead and, 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 and try to show, as best you know how, what it is that God wants you to demonstrate to other people as you desire to show them the love of God. And... So we, um, we find that this is one of those challenging areas for us when we come to, to working this out in a practical way. Though God's e essential nature is love, uh, God is spirit and light in 1 John 1, 5. This then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. So God is light. And of course we know the scripture reveals that Jesus is the light of the world. Now the one person who, who most adequately demonstrates 
the love of God and loving others and that he demonstrates the true character of God in spirit and in true nature is Jesus. And so we get to look at the life of Jesus and we get to try to understand through the work of the Spirit of God in us that we are to walk similarly in our life as Jesus walked. And that is uh, what we are called to. We are called to walk in the footsteps of Christ. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God. So here is the essential test of our Christian life, is to love, because we are, to, we are born of God, and also it says, and knoweth God and knoweth God. So we're born of God and we know God. We are born of God and we know God. Uh, I think, um, you know, as I think about what, what this all means, sometimes there is a little bit of disconnect in our spiritual lives on our part because it's, it's difficult to analyze every, every action you do. I'm sure you don't get up in the morning and say, oh, today I'm going, to, I'm going to manifest the love of God. I'm going to do it today. You see, we, 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 that's a little bit too analytical. But So God has built something into our lives which is really better. He says if you know God, you're going to love like God. You're going to love one another like God because to be born of God is to know God. And so what we should then do then is to try to live within that realm of our true birth in Christ, our true relationship to Christ because we are born of God by the Spirit of God John chapter 3 and other passages and so we need to walk in that understanding walk in that knowledge walk in this in this reality that to to know God means that we can love as God does and uh, he, he re desires us to do that in our mortal life, you see, right where we are now, our mortal life. You know, if we uh, were to die and go to be with the Lord, then I guess we'd have it all figured out by that time. We would, we would understand what the full love of God is about and the light and a knowledge of God would somehow uh, be not only manifest to us, but we would be living in it, in that very light and love of God. Because uh, to know him, you know, as the scripture says on, on uh, I guess it's the top of the page there, beloved, now are we the sons of God, 
and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Now see, that verse really is the, uh, the epitome of what we hope will transpire the moment we uh, go to be with the Lord. We shall be like him, for we shall know him as he is. And that is a, an eternal reality that we, of course, will fully enjoy. Right now, as we walk in these shoes, um, we, have to, we have to understand some things that God is telling us. And the first thing is that God is love. His holy character is love. There isn't anything that God does that isn't based upon it that to be born of God is to be able to love as God and it is to know God. We have to understand those things. I think, uh, I think sometimes what we need to do is rehearse those things in our, in our spiritual thinking so that when we go out and encounter people and have interaction with other believers and, and do the kinds of things that we do, we can then act upon what we know spiritually. We can act upon what we know intellectually and spiritually. Um, and that's important. Because the intellectual part of, of understanding God is to know his word, you see. We, we have to know his word. Uh, God doesn't just kind of put it in us by... Um, osmosis or anything. You know, he wants us to read his word, to study his word, to have an understanding of it, to become acquainted with it. But even so, the moment we are born again of God, there is within us the eternal aspect of the love of God and that God has given us a new birth from above. And so we become equipped ready to do this thing about loving as God loves and loving one another and realizing that we know God. Uh, and so we, we have to uh, rehearse those things in our study and in our everyday walk. Um, secondly here, the eternal character of God was shown in sending Jesus into the world. And so as we look here at verse, um, verse 8, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And so this is the negative aspect. To be born of God is to know God and is to love as God loves. And then, of course, the contrasting view, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And so that verse kind of sets the, the reality uh, to us, that um, those who do not, are not born of God, then cannot love as God. So they must have a different viewpoint. Therefore, you know, those who are unsaved cannot quite figure it out because they're not given the understanding. But the eternal nature of God is to love. 
and so demonstrated now through Jesus. Uh, verse uh, 9, This then was manifested, the love of God toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. So, um, the love of God has been manifested. Now, we know the word manifested here carries with it uh, the idea that Jesus came into the world. And the reality of that is, of course, the incarnation. Uh, Jesus was born into this world. He took upon himself human flesh. Taken upon human flesh, he revealed the love of God in that he... uh, suffered and died for our sins according to the scriptures. And so we find that the love of God has been manifested. It's been manifested. Um, And that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might have life or we might live through him. So inasmuch as we see and understand the the manifest love of God in sending forth Jesus, we also must understand that because that happened, we can live through Jesus. We can love as God loved. We can love one another. We can know God. All those things are true. Because Jesus died for our sins, according to the scriptures, and because he did, we can live through him. We can live through him. The life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me, Paul said. And so we live through him. And so as we, as we stay in close contact with Christ, we find that we are more able to love one another and to live out this love of God that he desires us to live out and to truly reveal that we know God. Reveal that we know God. Now, all of this is very essential, of course, to our witness and our testimony for the Lord. And so here again, uh, the more we understand these, these truths, these eternal truths, the more we understand them, the better we equip ourselves to go ahead and do this very thing that John is talking about. Loving one another, realizing that we know God and realizing that the love of God it can be shown through us. And so God has, uh, has really given us a quite a task, if you will, to do on that level is that we need to demonstrate these things to others. And uh, it is very important, of course, that we do that. Um, And so John included himself, of course, in this, uh, in verse 9, in this was manifested the love of God toward us. I mean, the word, the the small pronoun us is 
important to John as much as it is to you and I that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we, us and we, he says, might live through him. Now as we, we think of the apostles, I mean, um, this must have been something they had to live with every single day as they were going out and trying to do the apostolic work that they were called to do. The word apostle in the simplest form, I suppose, means to be sent. To be sent. And they were sent out to do the very thing that became so foundational to what the church, how the church was to be established. To go and to love others, to let them know that God's love was available to them, that they themselves knew God. Um, You know, sometimes I think um, we have to know some things ourselves before we can really impress that upon others through a witness or a testimony. You know, you, sometimes you hear people say, well, I don't know if I'm saved or not. I'm not, I'm not sure if I'll get to heaven or not. I hope so. Well, that doesn't really do much to witness to somebody, does it? A hope so. Um, a very weak hope so with that. No, I mean, um, the apostles were bold. Peter was bold and John was very bold in his witness and testimony. We have to demonstrate that we know God. How can we convince anyone um, in the intellectual sense? We know the Spirit of God has to do the work. But if you don't have some uh, confidence of your own faith in Christ, how is that going to work in trying to lead somebody else to the Lord, you see? It, it, it probably won't work. Um, and so we, we need to have that real confidence of our faith. In fact, we spoke about that last week. Um, in verse 11, Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So at the, at the outset, though John mentions these eternal truths, he comes to this one and he says, No, 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 you didn't love God. God loved you. Let's get this straight. It's, it's God who loves, loved us first. We didn't love him. And, of course, now see the liberals would say that they love God. They're the ones. They're the one who initiate it. Um, but, no, that isn't the case. That isn't the case. No, God is the one who initiates. God is the one who loves and initiates the work of redemption and salvation. And so, herein is love. This is love. Herein is the very thing that is love. Not that we love God. Herein is love. That he loved us. He loved us. And sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. To be the appeasing sacrifice to take away the judgment of God or the wrath of God on our behalf. 
Now, uh, I suppose this is the most difficult thing for us to think about, you know, that God has wrath or has judgment when we're talking about love because we have such a, have a, such a humanistic view of love. But we have to abolish that when it comes to think, talking about God's love. We cannot think about God's love as being humanistic at all. It's based solely on his eternal character. And we find that um, we didn't love God, God loved us, and we find that because he loved us, he sent his son to be that satisfactory sacrifice for our sin. No other sacrifice previous to this time was satisfactory to take away sin, but only the sacrifice of Christ was satisfactory to do that. And so we find that the, um, the truth of the matter is that God initiated this whole thing on our behalf and wants us wants us to love one another, wants us to know the love of God, wants us to demonstrate the love of God, and desires that we realize that it all made, was made possible because of Christ, who became our sacrifice for sin. And so as much as we uh, sometimes talk about the sacrifice of Christ, um, these elements of the eternal character of God reveal the eternal nature of his love and of why he sent Jesus into the world to be the true propitiation, appeasing sacrifice for our sin. Okay, in verse 11, uh, looking at the last one here, the eternal character of God is demonstrated in us as we love one another. In verse 11, beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. So based upon the very things that we have been talking about here in verse 7, 8, 9, and 10, now in verse 11 he says, Beloved, this is, this is the point I wish you to understand. If God so loved us, as we have been, under, been explaining, if God has so loved us, we ought also to love one another. Well, we'd have to assume that it probably is a pretty difficult thing in our own human ability to love one another as we ought to. Otherwise, why would Jesus need to be the sacrifice for our sin and make this all possible, you see? <laughs> no, it's, um, uh, this is something that we are challenged to do, to demonstrate love the God's love to other people, to other believers, and to the lost, of course. Because Jesus did demonstrate um, to the lost his, his great love in that he suffered and died upon the cross. And so we, we see that uh, this love is, is uh, far-reaching, Verse 11 again, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. 
If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. So as much as, as God is, uh, is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth, and as much as God does not take on a human form, except through his only begotten son, and um, I think it is wonderful that we don't have a picture of Christ, because we'd worship the picture and forget about the, the true reality of who Jesus is. <laughs> but we, we find that there is plenty of, of information in the scripture for us to get a true understanding, a picture, if you will, of who Jesus is. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, all the pictures that they've ever tried to paint of Christ are not you know, they, they fall short. They fall short of who Christ really is. And uh, we find that God wants us to then to demonstrate a kind of love that only comes through the Holy Spirit. Now, see, that is rather good in a way because... God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. We are born of the spirit of God, and we know God through his spirit. We know the love of God, and the love of God can be demonstrated through us, through that same spirit. And so it gives God an opportunity to interpret his love through each of us, as he sees fit. In other words, you know, we, we, we don't have to pigeonhole or put ourselves in a little pegged spot about the love of God. No, what, what does God do? God shows his love through us differently according to the measure of faith that we have and the kind of opportunity he gives us to show that love whether it is going to a nursing home and visiting someone, or whether it is to do some act of kindness, or whether it is to be sacrificial in the kind of things that you're doing toward others, how you demonstrate the love of God becomes unique to each of you. Because we're all different. We're all different. You know, some... Some are given the gift of evangelism and show the love of God through their evangelistic efforts to, to win others to Christ in that method. Others have other gifts that have been given to them through the work of the Spirit of God by prayer and various kinds of helps and ministries that God demonstrates through his people, through the church, through teaching, through preaching, and all kinds of things that to others perhaps seem insignificant, but to God they are not insignificant at all. Because God's, God gives each one, according to their gifts and abilities, the opportunity to help others and to love others and to demonstrate the love of God that he has placed in us. 
and to live out the life of Christ. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. His love is perfected in us. Now, this is uh, important that we realize that God can perfect his love in us. Um, and even though we might say, well, how can we know that his love is being perfectly demonstrated through us? Well, I would say you'd have to really trust in the Spirit of God, that God could do that within you. And, and only at that moment, you see, only at that moment, only as it is demonstrated at that particular time, and as God is somehow directing you, his love can be perfected in you. Well, how do you know that? Because the same Spirit of God that was able to bring you unto faith is the same Spirit of God that is able to minister to someone that you are seeking to minister to. And that's the only way you can know it. You see, we, we act upon the things that God has truly given us understanding in. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, as much as faith is, is made reality through the word of God, so also are these other areas which require faith. They, they are also made a reality in our lives. That we are born of God. That we're able to love one another. That we are able to know that God is in us. You're able to know that we can demonstrate the love of God to other people because of these things. You see, God is able to perfect his love in us to accomplish his purposes. Verse 13, by this know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. So verse 13 is kind of like the thing that underlines everything else that we have been saying. How can we know these things? By the Spirit of God. You see, by this know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he hath given us of his spirit. You see, that's the underlying truth. And... So the eternal character of God is demonstrated in us as we love one another. God confirms it by his spirit. God confirms it. The eternal nature of God. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we do thank you for your love toward us. We thank you, Father, for sending your only begotten Son to die for us according to the scriptures. We thank you, Father, that you have placed your spirit within us. And we thank you, Father, that through this, we can live out the life of Christ and we can know that your love is being perfected in us. There is no diminishing of who you are, Father, for you desire and want to work in us according to your will. I pray, help us, each of us, to submit 
to the love of God, that we may be able to live out this love to others. In Jesus' name, amen.